Like, oh, they'll never pick me, right? And so yeah, we say yeah. no to ourselves before we've even put ourselves out there. So I would say, let them tell you no. <laughs> like, you don't tell you no because you may be blocking like your own best opportunities and your own blessings. Welcome to Bad Is With Business. I am your host, Maloran Hodge. Come with me on a journey as I create a space to chat with Black women about their aspirations, struggles, and learnings within business. Learn and grow as we talk about how being a baddie and business go hand in hand. Baddie, tell us about yourself. Hi, my name is Dr. Kia Thomas, and I am, I'm a developmental psychologist. I am an assistant professor of psychology, as well as a business owner. So the name of my company is Admissionisms, and we provide college prep consulting services. Doctor? I didn't know you was a doctor. Yes, (laughs) ma'am. So that's a whole story in and of itself, if you want to hear a little bit about that. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. This is about you right now. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. So way prior to starting Admissionisms, I I come from a family of educators. Um, My mom worked in the school system. My grandmother was an elementary school teacher. And growing up, like, education was always, like, the one non-negotiable. And it's, it's interesting that I do college admissions consulting because um, in, in high school, I, I'm a public school. Like I grew up going to just my neighborhood school, but because my parents were always big on education, mm-hmm. like getting the grades, the good test scores, like that was a complete non-negotiable. And um, I got an opportunity to attend the one college prep magnet school in my hometown of Jacksonville, Florida. Wow. Um, so that was a big deal. It was a major shift. It was a true college prep curriculum. Um, and that was a little bit different. Like I was at the top of my class in my neighborhood school. But then when I got to my college preps high school, I found out that there were a lot of things that I had not even been exposed to, which gave me like my first glimpse into some of the inequalities that exists in our public school system from one yes. neighborhood to the next. And I had to play a lot of catch up, but eventually I got there. I, of course, graduated from high school. Um, I attended college at Florida A&M University. Go Rattlers. Yes, HBCU. Um, yes, I'm an HBCU grad, a huge supporter. And because of all of the hard work I did in high school, I was able to go and get a full ride academic scholarship to go there. So. Yeah, like all the costs were taken care of, which was a major blessing. After getting my bachelor's degree in psychology, I knew I wanted to go off to graduate school um, because that completely opens up your career options in psychology. And um, I started looking at PhD programs. I figured I was still super young at the time. In my early 20s, I figured like now is the time to go for it. I also figured that like PhDs probably made more money and called more shots. So like, let's (laughs) see about getting into one of these programs. And that's where I hit a couple snags. So 
it's extremely competitive to get into PhD programs, mm-hmm. number one. Um, they're very choosy about which students get accepted. And I kind of just rested on the, uh, originally just rested on the fact that I was a pretty good student. I had good standardized test scores. Like, of course, you're going to get in. Uh, that did not happen. So mm. I fell flat on my face like the first two times that I applied to PhD programs. But the third time, like each time that I failed, and believe me, there are a lot of tears, <laughs> but each time that I failed, I learned something about how to navigate the process better. Yes. And by that third time, I got into almost every program that I applied to, which was huge. Mm-hmm. And I ended up going to the University of Michigan, which I did not even know this at the time. But um, it was ranked number two in the United States, like in my field of psychology. And if I had known that, surely I would have been too intimidated to apply. And um, what I do at Admissionisms is basically help students navigate through that process to college and to grad school and beyond. And Due to my personal experiences in navigating the process, there's a lot that I just learned from from experience and it's delivering some of those personal and professional insights to to students to help them better to simplify the the playing field, to have a straightforward way to to create application materials that pop that really speak towards their strengths. Yes. Like that is what I do as a business and even after receiving my PhD and going to work inside of higher education. So I'm a full-time college professor mm-hmm. and this is my, this is my baby. This is my, my business is my baby and we're nurturing it, you know, but um, even then I just noticed students struggling with some of the same issues about, okay, like which college is going to be my best fit. Um, (laughs) lots of questions about what career do I want to commit myself to? And Mm -hmm. a lot of times their professors are first stopped to like, listen, can I, can I speak to you for a minute? You know? And like, they, they got so much value out of what I thought were just offhanded comments, you know? Yeah. And actually a student of mine that encouraged me to like, really get out here and organize formally as a business Unbeknownst to me, I'm sitting in class and I'm telling a story about, um, you know, my journey through my career in psychology. And um, I work at a community college. So I have students from everywhere from high school that are taking college credit classes Mm -hmm. to, you know, career changers. And um, one of my students stopped by during for my office hours. And she had a T-shirt on that was University of Florida. And I said, are you a Gator fan? And she's like, I actually graduated from there. I was like, oh, really? I was like, so how did you get in my classroom? And she said that she was taking my class as a prerequisite to get into uh, physical therapy programs. Wow. And she had tried on her own and had not gotten in. And she said that me being open and honest about my story, about how it took several tries for me to figure out like how to do this right. She was like, you know, I've been meaning to come and talk to you. She's like, I could really use your help, you know? Mm -hmm. And that kind of put this light bulb in my head to say, 
you know, there's a lot of students like her. And she talked about when she was younger and she was like, listen, my parents are not even from this country. She's like, I had to figure all this stuff out myself. Mm -hmm. So she was like, there's students that are just like me that need you. And that's where it all started. That's where it all started. I started just validating, uh, like the, uh, validating my service for free, like just by working with the high school students in my classroom. Yeah. And then it just kind of went from there. So that's my whole, that's my whole story. That's how Missionisms was born. That's powerful. And it's, it's powerful for a couple of reasons. Cause I feel like we have a couple of connections. So I went to Winston-Salem State University undergrad, so we have that HBCU connection. And then I went to Indiana University grad school um, for nonprofit management. And when you talked about how, like, your program was the top in the country, Mm -hmm. our program was, like, number three. So it was, like, between Harvard, Syracuse, and IU. And when I applied, I was like, I'm going to apply, but I'm probably not going to get in. But I'm going to apply anyway, and I'm going to pray about it. And that was the only program I got in, and I didn't get in any of the other ones. And so it was also interesting, like, navigating that space as, like, someone who went to an HBCU, very, very, very proud of that experience, but then going into this space where I'm, like, one of four people of color in a Mm. cohort of, like, 200 plus and just trying to navigate that and all those things. So I'm just, I'm moved by that story. And I'm also moved by the work that you're doing. And I really want to dig into that because I feel the same as like the first trying to navigate. And as I'm learning college, I'm also talking to my parents about it. And then when I went off the grass, cause they were like, you still in school, girl, like, go get a job. <laughs> like, There's more for me to learn. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to learn together. We're going to the Midwest. The furthest, <laughs> the furthest West I had been at, like before I went to Indiana was like to the border of like North Carolina and Tennessee. Oh and my God. Like, that's not West. And I was like, I know the East coast. I hadn't been <laughs> any further than <laughs> Yes. I'm so relating to that. Like my first winter coming from Florida. Oh ooh, girl in Michigan. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. It, those winters, it was gray. And Uh I called my mama one time. See, you know, at least we had four distinct seasons in North Carolina. Florida, y'all got one season. So so I I called my mom one day and I was like, mama, it's so cold here. She was like, it's cold here. It's 35 degrees. I said, mama, it's negative 14. She was like, have a good day. (laughs) Right, right. I said, mama, it's it's gray from January to April. Like, I, I don't know what the sun even looks like anymore. Oh my gosh. I had that same experience. I was prepared for the cold. I was not prepared for the greatness. Yeah. Um, and talk about seasonal affective disorder, having a touch of depression, just from not seeing the sunlight. Like yeah. I'm a Floridian. I'm used to seeing sunlight. All the sun. <laughs> yes. Oh my goodness. Oh yes. <laughs> um, okay. So I, we, we can talk, but, Okay. So I really want to dig into a little bit more about what you do, some of the things that you offer at Admissionisms. Perfect. So my, my mission through Admissionisms is to make college application more simple and straightforward and to help students experience more success. So I primarily work with high school students at this point. 
And one of the things that I really just observed is that high schools, high schools don't exactly do the best job with preparing students for the college application process. Um, In my experience, uh, the guidance counselors kind of like round up the students 12th grade. Uh, Mind you, the applications are due just a few months later and kind of like run through a quick overview of the process, which, you know, a lot of my students hadn't even met their their high school counselors before that moment. And they're like, wait, we have to do what? And applications are due when, you know, so students are freaking out. Right. They go home to their parents and their parents have like this is a whole nother project on top of everything else that you're doing. So I'm like, I partner with students and parents to help make that process way simpler and way more straightforward. Um, What I do is I help them with some expert navigation through the process to give some one-on-one support through the college application process. And I don't know if you have kind of stayed in touch with college applications as they are today, but it's a whole different world than from when like I applied to college almost 20 years ago now, you know, Um, students are applying to more schools. Um, This means you're not applying to necessarily like two or three colleges. I remember applying to three colleges, you know, when I was going off to, to, to college and students, the average students applying to like eight colleges, 10 colleges. So this makes this huge, massive process. Every college wants different, uh, different materials as part of the application process. And it becomes this humongous project. So I help support the student and the parent. And um, one of my major, uh, I don't know, like mantras is that this does not have to be the stressful, overwhelming process, which is what most people like expect. Oh my God, this is going to be a nightmare. And like, no, 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 no. What we do is that we help you start early on the process. So from sophomore year, junior year, there's actually different pieces of the application process, including which college is going to be a best fit for you, including like seeing what one college has to offer versus the other. There's parts of the application that can be started before senior year even starts. And so we take all of the guesswork out. We make a simple and straightforward path to uh, your colleges of choice. So that's what I do. Um, Currently, I'm working mostly one-on-one with students and parents. Although I do have big plans for admissionisms, I've only been around since 2018, which is when I, almost two years ago that I formalized this into an actual business. Okay. So um, I I have big plans for uh, digital products. How I spent my summer vacation (laughs) is actually working on my first product offering which is an online course okay. to educate about how the college admissions landscape is today so that we're making the best choices possible with the most up-to-date information. And, uh, you know, I have goals to, to roll out physical products. I would like to do a little bit of some social entrepreneurship. Um, I, I see admissionisms in the future. Uh, like uh, supporting students financially, like through giving out scholarships, 
So I have a lot of work to do. And, and I do feel that like, this is my big calling, like through my business. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's what we, that's what we do. That's where we are right now. And we're growing it day by day. Yeah. And are you working with the students over the course of a couple of years? So you mentioned working with sophomores. Are you starting with them during their sophomore year and kind of tracking towards graduation? That's a great question. And I have different service offerings. So for a student that's a high school freshman or sophomore, um, what I do is I have one specific package that you can come in and start talking about what are your goals to, to make sure that like recommended college prep activities are getting done. But for the actual application package, uh, that process, I like to start with juniors. You know, so we're starting a year before the deadlines. And instead of like it being crunch time, we are we have time to think through decisions, to like gather information, to make sure we're making the best choices for ourselves. It's better to find this out now versus going off to college and wanting to transfer, you know, (laughs) or um, yeah, like the college isn't what you thought it was, which I feel like that's a, one of the big things that happens. Um, So I have different packages depending on where you are in your college prep journey. Okay. Awesome. And what have been some learnings in the two years and like having done this, you know, mm-hmm. a couple years now, what are some of the learnings that you've had throughout this process? And also just like navigating this world of having a full-time job and then this being your baby and your passion project and work that you're doing, but then also working in the space as a black woman. Mm. Mm, that, a bunch of great questions. So I think the first thing that I would say, and it's, it's, it was a personal challenge, it was a, a mental mind shift that like no one really understands your journey, but you, you know, um, in starting out, it, like it was almost like, well, who am I to start this? You know, and I was talking to a friend through these issues. She's like, girl, are you kidding me? She's like, you're a black woman with a PhD. Like you can do whatever you want to do, you know, (laughs) that part. Right. So, um, and, and, and part of me was like, this is really, it's a step outside of what I do in the classroom. Um, but part of me was almost like, what will people think, you know? And to my surprise, like when I actually was like, guys, this is my business. I'm posting stuff like through my social media channels, people that have known me from grad school, um, other professors that I work with are like, this is amazing, you know? So it, it was a way of disconfirming some of my fears. So yes. just an overall, just mindset shift and to really feel that people get value from what you're doing, you know, um, having a parent say, I don't know how I could have done this without you, you know, it feels so gratifying or to get a text from a student who's like, I got in 
oh my gosh, you know, like I'm celebrating with them and they have no idea how happy and excited I am for them. So having said that, I I think like no one can really understand your, your journey, like your calling, but you, and that's the hard part of being an entrepreneur because, you know, I'm, I work solo, you know, I don't have a team around me to bounce ideas off of. It is, let me put this out here see what happens and then fine tune it, you know? So, and, and I'm a total overthinker, you know, Um, (laughs) right. I'm a PhD. I'm like, I I will think through all these different, but you can't think through a business, right? Like you have to Mm -hmm. put it out there to see what the response is going to be, what value people are going to get out of it. And then if it doesn't work, it just does not work. You try something else. You know? Yeah. So I think that's one of the major, like, just a mindset challenge that I was experiencing. But if I if I can mention another one, is that there's not a lot of Black women or Black people, period, that are doing this work. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, and in a way, I'm almost like, Kia, you should probably be used to this. <laughs> You know, when we talked about like the experience of being in grad school and Mm -hmm. you're only one of so many African-Americans, right? Then I go off to work at a college and I'm the only black person in my department. You know, even though I have like classes full of black and brown students, you know, like the faculty doesn't necessarily mirror the students that are in my classroom. And Uh, What I know is that there's a whole lot of students in need. (laughs) And I also know there's not a lot of um, African-Americans that are doing the work. Like I've Mm -hmm. since met other college admissions consultants, people that are in this space through social media. Um, But I didn't know anyone here, you know, that I could physically touch that I had met that was doing this work. So, um, that was, that was, a that was a major challenge. Um, and one of the things I know for sure, I was almost like, well, I don't know how people will <laughs> receive me, you know? Um, I don't know if my clients are primarily African-American or not, you know, but I, I, I have really found that some of my, I don't know, some of my uh, fears like in that space have like been unfounded, at least so far, you know, Um, but it is a lonely place. It is a lonely place. Um, Seeing that I'm one of the only black women that are out here doing this work. And I know that um, like, again, there's a huge need amongst black and brown people. So I want to be one of those people that's out here making a, a difference. Yeah. 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 So you raised a couple of things. So thank you for sharing. I think the first thing that I heard around um, overthinking and just like not trying to overthink. So I think there's a couple of things to unpack there because the work that you're doing, you're working with communities and with students who are hoping to get to this place that the world has told them that they need to get to. They may mm-hmm. want, like, like they may want it inside, but also the world is like, you need to get your education so you mm-hmm. can get this, this, and this. And so I think there's some overthinking because you're thinking about how can I not cause harm and make sure that this is done in a thoughtful way and not like you 
put it out there, but also put it out there in a way that feels like thoughtful and just like they they feel taken care of as opposed to like, this is just another thing that someone is like taking advantage of. So I think there's some overthinking because you're so communal and it's just, it just runs through your veins. It's like, I want to make sure that it's meeting their needs, but also mm-hmm. I, I got to put it out there. I got to, I got to, I've heard this thing. I'm meeting their needs. I got to put it out there and just like in that overthinking, making sure it's not causing that harm. And I don't know if that's how you feel, but like, that's what I'm sensing of like, you're thinking about it from that standpoint and not like, this is going to suck. It's just like, I want to make sure that this doesn't suck and harm the folks exactly. that I serve. <laughs> and no, exactly. No, it's exactly that. It's definitely exactly that. Yeah. It's, um, it is, it is definitely not wanting to harm. It's, um, and it's the fact that I really care. Yes. You know what I mean? Like I really, really do care. Mm-hmm. And being able to, to 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 pair the fact that I care with the fact that like this can also be a profitable business as well, you know? Like like marrying those two things together. Yeah. So I think that's that's definitely been a, a, a shift that you can do both. Mm-hmm. You can do both and you can do them well. And you can do them that. well. And you yeah. can do them well. It makes me think of, so you mentioned social entrepreneurship and what yep. people often forget is just like the wealth at the bottom of the pyramid. So everyone wants to think about the top of the pyramid where it's like the top five, 10 percent are like, they're going to be the ones that pay. And so people create these things for the top as opposed to like at the bottom of the pyramid, that's where most of the people are. And really thinking about how you're adjusting your prices really being equitable and being inclusive and to lower barriers because I think there's people there are people there that want it, but you just have to like meet them where they are and make sure you're meeting the needs and not just duplicating something that's been done before. That part. And that's another reason why I like I noticed that a lot of other college missions consultants, they uh, they primarily do work with students on a one-on-one basis. Mm-hmm. And some of them charge quite a bit to work on a one-on-one basis. But one of the reasons why I wanted to, as part of my big plan to also have some, some like digital products and other offerings is to make it accessible to people, no matter where they are. You know, I think that is like, it's so important and I don't want to continue to contribute to the inequality that's already out here, you know, like (laughs) the people that can afford uh, like pricey consultants, right? Yes. Like, and, and you know, there's so many students that like they they're in need. Like their potential mm-hmm. is definitely there. Yeah. They just need a little bit of nudging, a little bit of direction, and then they just skyrocket. Yeah. You know, like I want to be that person to be the conduit for that. You know, but I don't. But I want to make sure that people can also access that as well. So that's why I feel very passionate about not just only offering one-on-one services, but also digital products, also um, uh, packages where you can work with me for a maybe shorter period of time, like according to your budget. Like I feel like there are solutions for everybody. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And the second piece about you brought up around um, the challenge and feeling like you are the only one or there's not a lot of black people and black women specifically who are doing this work. Mm-hmm. And I think about how we are 
a, a lot of times navigating this space of like, am I the only person? There has to be more people that are like thinking like me and doing this work. And it's also like trying to find like social media. I found a lot of baddies on like Instagram because I'm just like three o'clock in the morning. I'm just like looking, searching hashtags and all these things. But I also think about how in our community, oftentimes some of these things that people discover in other communities, we've been doing, we just don't necessarily have like the name that has been branded elsewhere or appropriated elsewhere. And so I def, and then also like how we can create the space to like, okay, if I'm the only one, how can I get more people brought into this work that I'm doing? How can they like think about the work they're doing? So yeah, I really think like trying to find that community Mm -hmm. in doing this work. Um, So yeah, that's that's a really great point. Yeah. And let me also say, I do think there's certain like nuances of uh, like choosing a college that yes, I think as African-Americans, like we kind of get it. It's like, all right, like once I get on campus where I'm gonna get my hair done, Hello. you know, it, it's, <laughs> is it an inclusive culture on campus? Like those things are important. And I think that like through my own lived experiences, I get that. Like I'm yes. a black woman, like before it all, you it know? All. So when people are like, <laughs> you know, they're looking for guidance for their kids and like maybe the person in front of them can't necessarily answer those questions or they don't even understand the questions or concerns, you know? Yes. Um, Yes. There's a lot of students. I'm just going to share this. Like last year, I had an opportunity to present at a national conference, which was amazing. And um, I was presenting about the admissions needs of students who who choose HBCUs, mm-hmm. right? And so, like, I knew, again, I was one of few, <laughs> like, African-Americans that were going to be at this conference. And I was, you know, me and my partner were like, let's, let's just pitch this. You know, she's another Black woman in this space who lives in a totally different area that I met on social media, uh-huh. right? Like, <laughs> like, let's pitch this and um, let's make this an opportunity to learn because I think that a lot of these people see and consult with black students. And it's like, you know, like, I, I think I might want to go to FAMU or, or Howard, you know, but what do you think about those programs? And they have absolutely no clue, yes. you know, and they yes. say, well, I don't know much about that school. And what the student may hear is that, well, I guess this other choice would be better because this person is more familiar with it. Right. And that's not necessarily true. It's not necessarily it's not necessarily serving that student. Let me say that. So that's why I, that's why I'm like very passionate about being in this space and being able to, to offer up um, whatever I can offer to the the students and the clients that I work with. Mm -hmm. And that's powerful because I actually had someone, uh, a colleague, I think it was yesterday, reach out to me and was like, Hey, you know, I'm working with the student would love to connect them to you because they're considering, you know, I recommend an HBCU. They're like, I don't know, is it going to be rigorous enough? And I was like, we graduate the most doctors in the... Hello. <laughs> oh my gosh. And, yes. And, and then my colleague was like, oh, she's actually interested in like medical school. And I was like, girl, do you, do you know <laughs> the people that we like that we graduate? <laughs> Exactly. Like exactly. We, we don't just sit around and eat fried chicken and fried fish, even though we do. <laughs> but 
but we also go to class. Like we have like these small, so I think, yeah, that, that's a whole thing in and of itself. It's just like, I think about the schools that I was fed in high mm-hmm. school. Cause it, also in high school, like I had no plan to go off to college. I was going to work on the farm with my daddy. And then mm-hmm. I got an upper bound and that was like what mm-hmm. got me on the track to like, okay, it is possible for people like me to be able to like go off to school. But the schools that I was fed was just like all of the, the predominantly white institutions in North Carolina. Like no one was talking about the HBCUs. And there's so many HBCUs in North Carolina. So many, (laughs) and no one was talking about that. And so I'm glad that you are in this space and also like amplifying the experiences of HBCU because they don't talk about them enough or people think like there's not enough rigor there to be seen by an employer to get hired that part i even remember like just briefly when i was a phd student at michigan one of the things that we did um as a at at the black students in our department we there were a collective of us Mm -hmm. and we had actually gotten like some funding a little bit of funding from the university to do recruitment for other african-american students yeah and so we would actually like fly them to Michigan in the middle of February, <laughs> you know, to talk about, I know, Fe- Michigan in February to talk about grad school and like what's the, the process of getting in. And I, I just remember this one, like this one year we opened it up. So primarily like we were working with students who had attended other under undergraduate institutions, mm-hmm. but this year we opened it up and had some actual Michigan undergrads come to our event. Yeah. And I remember like one of the guys raised his hands because we're all introducing ourselves and like what institutions we came from. All of us are PhD students. And he was like, I don't mean this to be funny. He was like, but there's so many of y'all from H- from from HBCUs. And we're like, yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Like we get to the same places. We really do. You know, there's mm-hmm. a pipeline there as well. Yeah. So, like, don't don't drink the Kool Aid that it's a lesser education. It is not. Yeah. yeah. And and we get to the same places and we excel. Ex that part. We that we part. excel. We excel. And uh, yeah, this is great. Th- this is great. We can talk about this. And I know people are like, oh, this is getting good, girl. Um. <laughs> so I would love to think about what have been some challenges or things that you've turned into opportunities that you face in the last um, couple of years? Challenges I've turned into opportunities. Um, I mean, I also guess one of the, the biggest challenges I'm dealing with right now is, you know, navigating my growth as an entrepreneur while still juggling the demands of a full-time job. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like I clock out of working and I clock into my dreams, like, you know, like getting this business up and running. Yeah. And due to the fact that I also work with high school students, like I have to make myself available when they're available, which Mm -hmm. means lots of like afternoons, evenings. It means sometimes meeting on the weekend as well, you know, um, that has been a big challenge. I do think I'm still trying to find the balance, like especially now that uh, coronavirus is loose in these streets. Right. You know, like I'm in the house and I feel like I'm working 24 seven on one thing or another, yes. you know? 
And as a, as a small business owner, as a solopreneur, just even like amplifying the fact that I am here has been a challenge. Yeah. Um, so, which is why I'm so grateful for the opportunity to hop on this podcast, you know, and every opportunity that's out here, I'm definitely taking it, you know, to get in front of more people. Right. But that has been a major, major challenge. It really has. So I'm trying to figure out ways to like work smarter, you mm-hmm. know, and still being able to reach my goals and expand admissionisms and get to where I want to be which is to be invested in my business, working in my business full time. So that is, that's, that's a major challenge and like one of my big aspirations. Yeah. And thinking about that challenge and also some challenges you may not have mentioned, what words of advice would you give to your younger baddie self? Let's think three, five, 10 years ago, like basing it off of things that you know now. Ooh, that's a good one. Um, and, and my, but mind you, by the way, 10 years ago, I had just finished my PhD. Mm-hmm. I had graduated into like the worst job market ever, which was that whole great recession thing. Yes. And <laughs> I had no, no inkling, like no aspirations to be an entrepreneur at that point. But um, one of the advice that I would give to my young to my younger self is um, to invest in yourself, Mm. right? So I've finally reached a point in my career, like I've been teaching full-time for, this will be my ninth year, uh, like starting next week with fall semester. Um, I've kind of like got that running smoothly and I carving out some time to really invest in myself. There's a lot of areas that require personal growth, mm-hmm. professional growth as a new entrepreneur, you know, like there's a lot that I know, but there's a lot that I don't know. I'm not an accountant. I'm not a marketer. I'm not, you know, I'm not a social media expert, but to invest and investing can mean, um, picking up a book, you yes. know, and, and reading from people who have, who are where you want to be. It could mm-hmm. mean, going to a conference. Um, it could mean paying for a course or a program. Um, <laughs> I'm going to tell you something. Like, uh, I remember struggling with trying to get an email list up, you know, yes. and I'm YouTubing things, yes. trying to like string things together, like for the free, right? And then like, I met this woman who like, she's a systems consultant. Like she helps businesses get systems like email lists up. And mm-hmm. let me tell you, I was like, listen, I need your help. She's like, okay, I have the perfect solution for you. <laughs> I was like, okay, where's my card? You know, and yeah, getting through that training for an hour, I'm like, how long would I have been struggling with this on my own? Yes. You know, so like invest, 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 invest in yourself. I think that's it, it, like one of the, the big pieces of advice as well as I'm going to throw in this as well, like the importance of like, oftentimes we look for a mentor, like somebody who is exactly where you want to be, but peer to peer mentorship is also very important as well. I found my connections with other black women who may not be in my industry. They may work with different clients. Like all of us have different 
skill sets. We have different levels of knowledge. We have different talents. And it's been the peer-to-peer connections that I have made that have allowed not only me to flourish, but like for my business to flourish as well. So Mm -hmm. yeah, like those are two pieces of advice that I, I would definitely give to my younger baddie self. (laughs) I love that. The, so you said a couple things. Well, you said two things in the invest in yourself. You also mentioned like asking for help. And so like you're investing yourself by taking advantage of these opportunities, but also it's okay to ask for help when you're doing this and not trying to like spend 17 hours on YouTube when you could just ask someone and they can do it in 45 minutes. Exactly. (laughs) Sometimes it's worth it to slide that visa across the table. It is. Take care care of it for you versus like the two months is going to take for me to figure this out on my own. Yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) Okay. So Dr. Kia, we're going to manifest some things for you and admission admissionisms. I don't know why it's so hard for me to say admissionisms. (laughs) So where do you aspire to be in the next two to three years with admissionisms? And how can the community of baddies help you get there starting from the time they hit play on this episode? Ooh, great, great questions. So my biggest aspiration in the next two to three years is to be able to run admissionisms full time. To reach that mark, I also need um, I need to hit like the, uh, the six figure mark with my business, which is a major milestone that I want to reach. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, that means earning enough income to support myself as well as to start to build a team around me yeah. to start to make some of these dreams realized. Um, what the, the baddies <laughs> who are listening can do to help me in this mission is just to let people know that I'm out here. I, you know, again, I never know if anyone is actually in need of my services, but we all have cousins. We got God sisters and God brothers. We got right coworkers who are are looking for what I have to offer. And one of the amazing things about being on online platforms is that you can amplify your message and reach more people. Although I am primarily based in South Florida, I do offer virtual services. And by the way, who is not right now? Where we're all stuck in the house dealing with coronavirus. Right. Rona is cutting up. (laughs) Rona said, y'all going to stay in the house. Y'all been acting Oh my gosh. Especially in Florida, where I am right now. Okay. Dr. Kia, that's your your people. (laughs) And I don't even want to claim them. (laughs) You know, it's like, what? else is going to happen in Florida. My gosh. But like what you can definitely do is to, to send people my way to tell them, come follow me on, on social to hop on this email list because sometimes these algorithms on these social media platforms be tripping. Yes. <laughs> but people don't who want your content can even see it. Right. So yeah, no, wherever you live, I'm here to help. Mm-hmm. I'm here to help fill in those gaps where, again, like you're not getting the exact support you need from the school yes. and for the student and parent to to kind of sift through all these things on your own. Right. Like, again, it is like cumbersome and a mm-hmm. stressful, and overwhelming process. And it does not have to be that way. Yes. 
That's all um, really great to hear as, as you are manifesting these things. And so I'm manifesting them six figures and you're going to be able to work full time and just yes. be great, Dr. Kia. Yes. Um, as we're like closing out, is there anything else you want to just like put out in the atmosphere, share about the work that you're doing? Um, with I just want to mention yeah. that like we are approaching the end of the year. Mm-hmm. And this is um, for high school seniors. Like this is this is go time right now, um, and college applications are still due through the early part of next year. If you need any help or assistance, definitely please reach out to me. Like I'm more than happy to assist. Um, with one of my services. But also one of the things I want to mention is that even if you have a kid who is not a senior in high school, they're a freshman or a sophomore or a junior, now is the time to start thinking forward yes. about where they're going to be in a year or two or three years. And it's never too early to start the process of making sure that they are on the right track to the colleges that they say that uh that they want right the college is a choice so please reach out like it's it's never too early um just (laughs) come on in like i respond to dms and uh yeah come and find me i am more than willing to help where can they find you Great question. So you can find me, my website is www.admissionisms.com. I'm also on Facebook and Instagram at admissionisms. Um, I very responsive respond to all DMs. So slide in the inbox if you have any questions and I'll, I'll be sure to answer them. But also if you sign up on my, my email list, everyone gets a free gift, which is a an ebook I put together called Straight Talk about college admissions. And it's it's your primer to where we are today, you know, as far as the landscape the students are facing, as well as setting up a foundation so that you can make college prep more simple and straightforward as well. So all right. Yeah. Sign up. Oh, we never talked about your name. So where did the name come from? How did you come up with it? Admissionisms. Mm-hmm. Oh, that is a great question because people often ask, like, what does that even mean? <laughs> you know, and of course, I deal with college admissions, but like, again, there's a mission behind admissionisms, a mission behind what I do. And one of those missions that I have is to change the narrative that, like, this is a stressful, overwhelming process. It does not have to be, especially when you start early. And I also think that like this can be made, the entire process can be made more simple and straightforward when you have expert advice, when you're dealing with database recommendations, when you are like dotting all your T's and crossing your I's and you are submitting application materials that really speak to your strengths. It totally transforms the process and enables you to get the phenomenal results that like you want for your kids. So that's what I want everyone to have. And that's the mission behind admissionisms. I love that. And that could be your closing baby tweet, or do you have another closing baby tweet that you want to leave us with today? Oh my gosh. Uh, My closing baddie tweet uh, would be this. 
uh, <laughs> it would be to, to, to let people tell you no. And what I mean by that is sometimes we curtail our own opportunities by saying that, oh, if I submit this, I'm not going to get in. Like, oh, they'll never pick me. Right. And so yeah, we say yeah. no to ourselves before we've even put ourselves out there. So I would say, let them tell you no, <laughs> like you don't tell you no, because you may be blocking like yes. your own best opportunities and your own blessings. Baddies, friends, thank you for joining another episode of Baddies with Business. For more details about today's feature baddie, check out the episode description box. I have included her um, social media accounts and also ways that you can stay up to date on all things baddies with business. If you're a baddie with a business or aspiring business and want to chat, I want to hear from you. You can contact me at baddieswithbusiness at gmail.com. If you want to support Baddies with Business and join the growing community of friends, consider joining the Baddies with Business Patreon community. The link for that is also in the description box. In closing, here's a word from the Lord, Audrey Lord. When we speak, we are afraid our words will not be heard nor welcomed. But when we are silent, we are still afraid. So it is better to speak. Be bad. Be bold. Be a baddie.